2: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the
0: Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan
2: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Tuesday edition. We have a new national champion in college basketball. Big show planned with special guests in studio throughout the afternoon. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton from Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, gentlemen. We, we, it's always a jam-packed, fast show over the next three hours today. We mean it uh, with rapid-fire guests from the Pro Football Hall of Fame all coming through our studio here in Music City, and uh, also special guest Brandon Wright will be on the show as well, recapping in about 20 minutes uh, Carolina's loss last night to Kansas. More importantly, the Jayhawks winning the national title. Good afternoon. Brandon
1: Wright's been a good luck charm for his Tar Heels throughout until yesterday, where he said he was feeling very, very confident, and that made him nervous going into last night, and there were reasons for those nerves.
0: Paul? It came out of uh, halftime kind of like they did against Miami and just uh, turned it on in a way that I think most people didn't think w- was, was possible against since high, high-level competition. Uh, played uh, with an entirely different mentality and an entirely different success rate. Greatest comeback ever uh, from the biggest deficit uh, ever in a national championship game. Really deserving champion and uh, an incredible uh, display by Kansas last night in the second half.
2: Uh, Amazing job by the upperclassmen with Kansas to pull the comeback. I look at it more as a comeback than a collapse with what Kansas has done because they've done it now twice in some big moments in this tournament and the biggest moment being last night. So that that's first. Uh, going up going into halftime 40 to 25. Uh looked at somebody here at 6 of people I was like this this game feels over, it's not over. Based on the way Kansas can just kick things into gear. Um uh, and and Carolina made some big plays with under 10 minutes to to go in that game that made it feel like the Tar Heels were going to answer the bell again and had the basketball with a chance to to tie it at the at the end at the at the buzzer and did, didn't, didn't draw a good shot. Yeah, it, but the great defensive effort in the second half by Kansas, but but ultimately they they were the better team, and that's surprising to see two teams that you felt like did not measure up to preseason expectation. I get I get Kansas as a number one, but they did it with without like the five star star.
0: Yeah, I've got a stat and on that. That's really it, you know
2: they've got the three step. Most of the guys are upperclassmen that are contributing. And one of their best players is a three-star recruit. Um, it's, it's not every day you see Kansas doing that. Um, congratulations to the Jayhawks. It was a fantastic game. How
0: about this? The Recruiting Service Consensus in- Index started tracking ratings in 1999. Since 2001, with the first class that tracked sophomores, every national champion's had at least four top 100 players in its rotation. Until last night, Jayhawks won a national title with two top 100 players in the rotation, McCormick 30th, Wilson 51. You don't picture a program like Kansas getting there and doing it without fitting the mold well, of teams yeah. doing it. And they Bill did.
2: Self, throughout his career at Kansas, has signed 25 five-star players. And last yeah. night's team featured zero.
1: And, and why did last night's team feature zero? because of an NCAA investigation.
2: That wasn't mentioned? Once. Wasn't
1: mentioned at all. Now, oh, I've, I've read stories since then that said he had to get creative because five-star players weren't wanting to go to Kansas because of fear of something happening or games being vacated or championships being vacated. But Bill Self, his dad died in January, and that's all the broadcast talked about, and not about the five alleged major violations by Bill Self in Kansas during this time. Look, well, not, not just
2: the broadcast, the tournament.
1: Yeah, the the blue bloods are treated with white gloves by broadcast. It's Little just fun. the way it is. If you were, th- this was, this is where I'll buy, you know, old Miss fans would, would say this about Hugh Freeze. Okay, if it was Alabama, if it was Michigan that had all this going on, there wouldn't be as much talk about it. There wouldn't be as much, oh, they they must be cheating. You know, something's going on there because this, if it's not a blue blood, people talk less about it when it comes to cheating scandals. And that's the way it is. And I'm not saying this to rain on Bill Selves' parade. He did a heck of a job with this group. And because of the necessity to recruit different types of players and not go after blue-chip prospects left and right, they built a roster that was old, uh, that some of these guys may have won a national title in 2020 had the had the tournament not been canceled. They were the Vegas favorite to win the championship that year. So they were thinking about that 2020 run that was lost going into this season, and they played really well and and they were resilient. I didn't think they had a chance at halftime, down 15. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking I've, I've seen them come back from six against Miami and win big, but it's going to need to start quick in the second half. They're going to do it, and they start by going on a 9-0 run. Start of the second half starts with a lob, set play, lob to McCormick for a dunk. Uh, so full marks to Kansas. I just it does annoy me a little bit. Because I know other programs would have been treated differently by Turner, by CBS, in that entire run to a national championship. And there was no talk, except on our show and some others, about Kansas facing all these issues. Do
0: we think it's potentially bad enough, like when it comes down the line, that we're talking about a, a potentially vacated kind of deal? Not that vacated titles mean anything. We know who won it. but Well, LSU had to it, fire their coach over that it. level?
1: It's the same FBI investigation. Mm-hmm. There are different levels of it, but, I mean, it is a pay-for-play scheme that was going on with handlers of, of players, and, and Kansas was involved in it. Kansas was involved in Auburn's another one that was involved in it in the FBI investigation. I mean, they're, they're not the only program. Arizona lost their coach, Sean Miller. Same investigation, but who's left standing? Bruce Pearl, Bill Self, who just won a national title. I'm willing to bet if Bruce Pearl was in the run-up to it, we would have heard more well, they about, talked about an it. ongoing investigation and violations against him. I think the propensity to care about NCAA violations has lessened, which is part of it. It's not just preferential treatment to Kansas. It's because the NCAA's lost a lot of its sting. Uh, but I, I was amazed to see nothing mentioned about that. We asked Dan Dockich about, Hutton, you did, about what's the buzz yep. with the coaches. And he said, I guarantee you, what did he call it, a bunch of jealous meat out there where they're all sitting there saying, can you believe Bill Self might win a national title and Will Wade doesn't have a job? And everyone else that's out there implicated in this, that's lost their job because of it, and Bill Self is sitting there, shiny and new, about to win a second national title. And he went and won the second national title.
2: It's also, uh, it's hard to go back in retrospect, knowing of the college landscape that we've now entered with NIL. Um, Consider the players that are not locks to be first-round picks that performed well in this tournament, who are likely better served to get guaranteed money and name-image likeness deals to move if they want to move in order to get $1 to $2 million. Players that are worth that for their program, instead of going, if they're not going to be a lottery pick and being guaranteed, that first-round million-dollar type money. Uh, just going through a list. Scotty Pippen Jr., Oscar Shibway Josiah Jordan James, Drew Timmy, the entire Memphis roster. I mean, we can continue to go on and on and on here. There are players that made names for themselves in this tournament that could make more money in college basketball next year in guarantees than going to the association. That's the era we're in, which makes it laughable that we're talking about NCAA infractions. Also, Mark Emert needs to step down. It's not the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> you've, you've got to, he's got to go. Um, if you are handing out a trophy, you need to know the team's name. That's um, period. I mean, if, if anything, he's a figurehead to hand out that trophy at this point anyway. That's his sole job. Is to hand out the trophy to the national championship winner, and instead he's calling them congratulations, Kansas City Jayhawks, get and
0: get out of here. NBA is going to have to step up its game if, in fact, there's a scenario where it's more attractive for Oscar Shebue to stay in college than to get drafted. That's going to have to be a quick change by the NBA. Well, look, uh, I
1: think it only helps the NBA. Honestly, you know the NBA's issue is uh, some of these guys get here. We don't have enough time to evaluate them. We'd like to see them more in college. Before we put a big investment into them as a yeah. draft pick. So if you're a guy who's borderline, I don't know why you would go. If you're at a program that can generate NIL, I don't know why you would go to the NBA draft right now unless you were a surefire top 20 pick. Yeah, you don't. I'm have, not risking going back end of the first round he is, isn't he? if
2: I'm not a first round pick. You don't have to. He's not. You don't know. He's not. You, you don't have to um, stay at your program either with the way the rules hey, are set up. shopping. You can double dip. You can enter the portal. And then become a free agent at your own program. Well, and, I mean, and- it makes it monetarily it makes a ton of sense if you're if you're on the fence of going to the NBA, um, and you take that step and getting a return back that you know uh, you're you're somewhere like late first, early second round pick, you can make more money in college basketball now. And I think the 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 argument would be you could make the, more money coming out anyway in certain situations with this pay for play scheme that was going on, and you know. Hindsight 20. Yeah, you you could with some certain players. Uh, But nowadays, it's just out in the open, which is why like, I mean, we can talk all we want about Kansas. Ultimately, it doesn't factor in to their roster this year. Uh, other than them not having the five-star players, they still went out and won a title. So to the coaches that are complaining about that, I would say, Max, how many of you recruited this three-star yeah. that turned into the five-star athlete on Championship Monday? No, th- Make those... the
0: adjustments when you're down 15 in a national championship. Yeah, and, and, game.
2: and the coaches aren't – they should be using Will Wade as the example. Oh, Will Wade got fired, but look at Bill Self. Look what LSU did to back up you, – you should be so lucky, college head coaches – that have a program to back you the way LSU did instead of kicking you to the curb over a barbecue. Like that, you should have the respect uh, of, and admiration of your program to be able to back you to the point the way LSU did, and then blame Will Wade five years later. I mean, it's it's a great business strategy if you're the LSU Tigers, and they they look great right now because of it.
1: Well, the problem is the the varied responses from the NCAA.
2: Well. I, because you mentioned that about
1: Bruce Pearl, and Bruce Pearl would not have been allowed to stay at Tennessee even if they had not fired but him.
2: Where Because but, of the but show here's cause. my point. Where is Mark Emmert then compared to now
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, where is
2: the, the, the figurehead I'm talking about, not the man. Where is the figurehead of the NCAA then compared to now? It, They're a non-factor right now. Right. They're laughable.
0: Bruce Pearl's timing was bad,
1: and that's why coaches they are get pissed. It two years
0: later, three
2: years well, later, because they see Bruce Pearl and they say, "I got a
1: five-year show cause about lying to the NCAA about a barbecue." Right. Uh, Will Wade got to keep his job for a long time until it's clear that look, LSU might get hammered here. They lost all eleven players for a reason, because they know what's coming, and it's not going to be good for LSU. So it was a good strategy for LSU in the in, in the in the short term. I don't know because I don't know what the the penalties are gonna be. If it was but the right strategy, I'll for have to what wait to see though, that. Like
2: five years from now, what's the NCAA compared to the SEC? Who's in charge five years from now? Well, I hope so that if you there come is down a with the hammer. Who's enforcing that five I years? I hope from now? that
1: there and it's doesn't have to be the SEC. I hope that there is a sport in charge of the sport. Bizarre. I need a, a Division I men's college basketball committee run by former coaches, by different people that's got a clear leader. That makes their own rules so are you, for that sport. Are you
2: retroactively going to go back and punish the teams that were not punished well enough? Or are you going to lift lift punishment because of too harsh compared to what Kansas received, for instance?
1: I think anything pre-NIL. Are, okay. I think anything pre. If, if I'm, uh, you're just asking the question. Yeah. So I'm saying if I'm part of this committee, I'm going back and saying anything pre-NIL legislation that's an FBI investigation for actual criminal activity. Or anything that's pay for play before that, right? That we have the NCAA investigation work done on it, then you are liable for some sort of penalty, but if you're that program or that coach, but I think it's clean slate moving forward for everyone else. And okay, but and I, then, would, then I would you, say, then you legislate how you want. I would say politics. I
2: would say to that committee, you know, and and the truth is, Kansas for Kansas, it was worth it. They just won the title. Oh, of course, LSU. It would have been worth it too had they won the title. Period. Like, because who's punishing them right now? They're going to throw a parade. They're going to raise a banner. Like we know that happened. Uh, they can tell us all they want to that Louisville w- was. Uh, they had to remove their banner, but nobody they cares won that about title. Remove
0: banners, nobody.
2: Right. I mean that that is a that is not a punishment, not to be able to hang a banner in your gym. If if that's if that's the punishment from anyone, and, and really that's all it comes down to in enforcement. I'm saying like a, a physical enforcement of infraction violation, um, I, I would say, um, by all means, continue to do it. Hutt, any it's totally school, the it. only Any the school
0: th- with the removed banner should create an app where you could take a picture in their gym with the app hanging over your shoulder anyway.
1: Well, the only real justice here, it's not penalizing the program, which is probably going to happen at LSU, because the kids that are going to go to LSU had nothing to do with it. Nothing. The ones that come forward, so that... That's not or what's right or just, or for that matter, the AD at the right. time. Right, the way you do it is you do what you did to Bruce Pearl, even though it was unfair with Bruce Pearl. You give them a five-year legal way to not be hired to coach college basketball. You put them, you banish them to an island,
0: and we'll wait—they go do television anywhere, or go do right? something
1: else, but they can't coach. If you want to affect the legacy of Bill Self, if he's found guilty of cheating, you tell Bill Self he's got to get fired by Kansas and not coach for five years. And then Kansas go hire another great coach, and the kids moving forward are fine. No vacation of championships. Nothing done in the past. Players that want to go to Kansas can go to Kansas. That's what you do. Again, I don't have the FBI investigation in front of no, me. I, and know I he's implicated I'm not, in it. I'm not disagreeing with get, But I'm saying it needs to be the coaches but that are the ones penalized. will no else.
0: commodity now.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he will be if he gets cleared. If they don't give him a, good a show coach, coach he'll, so he'll he's get gonna coach hired. again. Yeah. And and who's enforcing it? It's a clown show of enforcement. That's my overall point. Like the coaches can complain all they want to about Bill Self coaching in a national title game or Will Wade being employed, but point to Indianapolis. Don't point down to New Orleans last night. Yeah. That's the issue. Well, here's the problem. Mark now. Emmert should be the one being laughed at and talked Emmert,
1: about. Mark Emmert, if he cared at all about the NCAA, he would step down. But his replacement's not
0: going to have any he, he is.
1: He has no credibility. Uh, he is full of himself. He has zero self-awareness. He would step down and say, I can't do this job anymore. And see the writing on the wall and say, the NCAA needs to go away. If we go, though, to this czar of each sport and some sort of leadership committee, if I'll give you an example. If Rick Byrd, former Belmont coach, is now the czar of college basketball, and he's got a committee... Uh, that features some other former coaches of great renown that's well-respected. Rick Bird's the type of person that has clout to say, hey, two-year suspension for Bill Self based on the FBI investigation. And he's not going to like that, and Kansas isn't. But who are you going to listen to more? A collection of former coaches or players that have been around the sport for years? Or Mark Ember when it comes you to enforcement? No one's
2: listening. Coach K and one of his final press conferences is saying He's calling him out. He's thing. joking
1: about him. I mean, he's a goof at this point.
2: But see, the, the, the problem I have is the, coach, the coaches collectively, it's not every coach. Um, we're just basing it off of a conversation with Dockage yesterday. Coaches collectively want to point and talk about other coaches instead of talking about Emmert, unless they have nothing to lose on the way out the door, which is what Shashevsky just did. Right. He's not talking about this five years ago. He's talking about it now because he has nothing to lose next year. That, that's the overall emphasis here. If you, wanna, if you actually want to change... Situations like we had last night, where you feel there's an you know there's injustice, injustice with who wins a title, then do something about it, other than bickering about it amongst your fellow coaches. Collectively, come up with a body and a, a set of rules that everyone's going to be you, know, you have to toe the line with, and that enforcement comes down from. But collectively, o- other, otherwise, you just point up to to Indy and say, uh, you know, feel free to punish this group if you want to. If not, so be it. And pick and choose how you want to do that.
0: Well, collectively they are kind of doing something in that they're just ignoring the NCAA to a large degree. They've, they've and I would too at this point disempowered it, but it, but it's it for no policing. But with their
1: silence, other than Coach K, they are empowering the NCAA. And I think the reason behind that is it just goes back years. You don't. Temp the NCAA. That was always the thought. Don't go out of your way to talk trash about them yeah, don't or right. say anything. You don't want right. to invite them on your campus. Just be good little boys and girls and go about your business and talk about compliance Swallowed. and talk about student athletes and talk about the greater good. Do all of these things. You'll be fine. We won't come on your campus, and everything's going to be okay in the end. And this is embedded in these coaches. These coaches have to take NCAA compliance tests once a year. So it gets ingrained in you. You get programmed that way. So I kind of understand that. That's why Coach K now feels emboldened to speak out against Mark Emmert because he no longer cares about towing that line. But the issue to me is don't worry about towing the line with the NCAA because the NCAA should not exist in its current format. And every sport should have their own set of rules on how it's governed, on how recruiting is allowed, everything. This should be a Big-time revenue sport versus non-revenue sport. Men's sport versus women's sports. And I'm not saying this like women's sports will be treated as lesser than that. I'm saying every sport has to have its own rules. Right? They need to have their own rules, and it's common sense to get there. I don't know why it's taking this long.
2: Coming up, Brandon Wright will join us at uh, the top of the hour, so next hour, We will have Eric Decker, Charles Haley, Pro Football Hall of Famer, will be in studio with us as well as other guests who are in town for a special event tonight. But when we come back, we talk with Brandon Wright and recapping last night's championship game where Kansas comes back after the half and beats the Tar Heels to hoist the national championship. That's next on Outkick 360. First, though, Aurora Science and VitalifeScience.com. The website that you can visit for the latest supplements, Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most your body. You're seeing VitalifeScience.com right now, where it's where you can receive more information. And our OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora unique, cutting edge nutritional and absorbable supplements. Encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D three, glutathione, and much more. You can as well. There are plenty of benefits with all of the supplements to choose from, with Aurora Nutrascience, and VitaLifescience.com. That's the website, fifteen percent off with the code outkick three sixty at VITALIFEScience.com.
0: You ready? Showtime.
2: Kansas wins by three and wins the national championship against North Carolina last night. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network from 6th and Peabody in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski, Jonathan Hutton with you. And Brandon Wright, UNC and NBA vet joins us via Zoom. Uh, Brandon, thank you for the time. Win or lose, you always come through for us. Uh, Man, Carolina was looking great at the half. As a, as a Carolina faithful, was last night more about the comeback or the collapse? How do you view it?
3: I'm looking at the collapse personally. Just it was it was just tough to watch because I was feeling so good at the half. I'm thinking there's no possible way they can come back unless we run out of gas, we start turning the ball over. We don't get back and we stop making threes and, you know, all those things kind of happen and, you know, a, a, a quick spurt. And, you know, we we probably would have been blown out if, if they would have made their free throws. I mean, they missed a lot of free throws. So they they kind of made it hard on themselves. But, you know, you got to give those guys credit, man. We, it, was a, it was a tough year and, you know, it was a tough finish. But, man, it, it was a rough way to go out. It's going to give us a lot to think about this summer.
0: How much credit do you give Kansas for uh, for a change in adjustment, uh, for a change in attitude, and adjustments at halftime for coming out and playing differently? And what was the key difference in your eyes?
3: I mean, I don't, you know, people who watch college basketball knows Bill Self is a very, very good adjustment coach at halftime, and he did that. Um, you know, they started to attack Love a little bit more. They stopped posting up their big guy McCormick against our. Against Baycock because he would I mean he was having a little success but that's not the game plan. Um, they kind of took the 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 uh, the Baylor game plan and just got really physical, started picking up the pressure, um, started hacking a little bit more. They're not going to call all the fouls, so you do as much as you can. And they turned up the heat on us. We started turning the ball over, and we just couldn't get back in transition.
1: And it's tough, you know. Caleb Love shoots twenty one percent last night, five for twenty four shooting. And you mentioned it yesterday, Brandon, he was the key. You know, he's their most talented, their best player. And in the National Championship game, he just had an off night. And, and we've seen it happen yeah. before, but it's a tough time to have a, a really bad shooting night.
3: Yeah, man. He, I mean, he was hes the, he was the engine that allowed us to go on this run we've been going on because he's been playing such such great basketball, you know, particularly over the last four or five weeks, just giving us that spark plug and that, that physical guard present that, you know, we need that can attack the back. He can do. He was doing everything, attacking the basket, making three-point shots, you know, making free throws. But Kansas did a good job of attacking him on defense, uh, where he kind of gets lost at times. And they did a really, really good job. They started posting him up. You know, so that's that's a little bit unfamiliar for him to have to defend down there. He was giving up some layups. All right,
2: Baycott and the the injury. What do you think about the floor? Have you watched the replay of that? I didn't catch it in live action. When you see the floor give out the way it did, what do you think?
3: It's typical New Orleans, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, even, no, seriously, even playing down there and, you know, in the NBA, the, 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 the moisture in that air does something weird to the floor. Um, it's always kind of slick. It always kind of gives out. There's a lot of dead spots. Uh, I know they were playing in, um, you know, where the Saints play it, but the air is the same. So, I'm, I'm actually not surprised that something like that happened. But, you know, this is unfortunate because we had two guys' roll ankles basically in the same spot.
1: You know, what surprised me, Brandon, was, you know, it surprised that Kansas got back in the game. But what really surprised me was how quickly they got back in the game. You know, I thought it would be a long process. Maybe they get it to six minutes left, five minutes left, and it's a two- or three-point game, and they chip away at it throughout the course of the half. But that lead went quickly. Uh, to start that second half. And you knew that you were in a game. And I'll even say when Kansas went up, I think it was 56-50 to after an and-one. I'm thinking Kansas might blow them out at this point. The way they're rolling, it looked an awful lot like the Miami game. How shocking was it to see just how quickly the Jayhawks struck to start that second half?
3: No, I I mean, I said it. I was worried. I thought we would be blown out also because they were missing a lot of free throws. They got about six points. It was still 12 minutes left in a half, I think. Yeah. And... You know, we were doing everything possible to lose that game. You know, we started turning it all over. Um, they picked up their pressure. Um, you know, I was texting a buddy. I was like, this guy, Remy Martin, he's going to end up beating us because he didn't do anything in the first half. And he, he was the key for them in the second. Him and Bron, they, they, their physical presence, um, the way they picked up their intensity on defense, those two guys beat us in the second half, in my opinion.
1: So when you saw DeWan Harris just run out of bounds, Inexplicably, oh. with four seconds left in the game, my thought immediately was Brandon. I, I've seen this this North Carolina team hit clutch shot after clutch shot in this yeah. tournament. They're about to tie this thing up. Were you surprised that Kansas didn't foul up three in that moment? We we know what happened. Caleb Love shot an air ball uh, that would have tied it. But what what was what were the emotions like when you saw him step out of bounds and give North Carolina another chance with plenty of time to get a good shot off?
3: Well, I mean, I was just happy that we had an opportunity to, to, you know, not lose by five or four or whatever and get a shot. But um, you know, it's always Twitter talk about should we foul up three, you know, under five seconds left. Some coaches just don't believe in that. Um, they don't they don't do it, they say, let's play good defense, let's not worry about that. Cause sometimes you get in a situation, especially in the NBA, you get in a situation where God raises up and then you have to give up three free throws anyway. So You know, maybe Cole Self is not that type of guy. But I think our whole play was blown and ruined because I think Brady Manning had slipped in the corner. I think the play was to him. It looked like it was going to be a skip pass, some type of skip pass over to the corner so he can get a clean shot. And he fell down, and I think the whole play kind of got ruined, and we had to throw it in the love, and he had to throw up a shot. And he just didn't have any legs at the end of the game. None of those guys had any legs; They were just exhausted.
2: How many text chains did you have going last night?
3: Probably about I think about twelve or thirteen. It was a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Uh, my wife had she fell asleep, so I was just watching the game. She fell asleep at halftime. I was watching the game by myself, and I, I was about. just sitting there, like <laughs> kind of like gritting my teeth and like you know, not not wanting to wake her up, but just mad, you know, because it I felt it slipping away, you know.
2: Well, I, I sent Brandon a text late last night. It was around halftime, and I said, "Man, this this was worth the price of the flight that you were contemplating." You know, paying to get down to New Orleans. You're like, no doubt. And then, and then, uh, turns out, no. Turns out, I'm glad you saved that money. You'd have
1: won a refund on that 28K if, uh, you well, would have gone know, down there for that.
3: Uh, yeah, it's funny because, you know, back in 2017, we flew down there when they played Villanova in Houston. Uh, myself and Vince Carter, we we shared a plane. And man, we were like, we were just dejected on the way back. We were like, I can't believe we just did this. We flew down there for a game winning three for Villanova. Oh. So that 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 those thoughts were going through my head, but man, it's it's just a tough, tough, tough like, you know, way to go out, especially knowing what we've done up until this point. And now you see all the Duke fans creeping back out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you beat us, but you didn't finish the job, you know. So now we gotta deal with that again.
0: There's a massive salute to the producer. Uh he showed us a lot of Danny Manning. He didn't show us uh any North Carolina guys. I guess Roy
3: Williams was the one they showed. Yeah, Roy That's Williams. It. W- w-
0: uh, were you guys there and, uh, and not being shown or was it low key?
3: No, it was a lot of guys there. Uh, I just don't think they were being shown. Um, I don't know what the, the narrative was last night. I guess they wanted um, you know, to show some Kansas people or whatever um, or they were you know, rooting for Bill Self to take that mantle like we talked about yesterday to, to be that next coach. But yeah, a lot of our guys were there and then a lot of guys were trying to get down there and couldn't get down there. You know, we had our alumni chain going the whole game, so you know, I don't know what the, the deal was with uh, you know, showing the Kansas guys or whatever. I know they had a lot of their players there also, so I don't know what the the, the goal was with that.
1: Brendan, you know it's a great game when a guy stops play to puke uh, late in the second <laughs> half. Um, you played a lot of basketball. I've watched a lot of basketball, and uh, I feel like Puff Johnson got a little worked up, played more minutes than he's used to playing, Pressure packed yep. environment and got going a little too fast and had to go to his knees and throw up. Now Tracy Wolfson said on the bench they said he got hit in the stomach and he had the wind knocked out of him, was why he was sick. What do you think happened?
3: I think he was just exhausted and it just started to come up. And he was like, All right, let me just drop down. Cause I I, I went back and rewinded. I, I tried to see if he got hit. I don't think he got hit. No. So I think that's probably just the the um the medical excuse that our you know our staff gave just to kind of protect them. But I think he was just exhausted. He was playing his butt off, though. He,
2: you know, he was well. giving
3: us, He was giving us stuff that we hadn't seen from him all year. So hopefully that carries over, you know, into the future with him because, like I say, you guys know we we didn't have any bench this year. And you know, we have to address – we can't play seven guys, you know, especially in a a, a much-improved conference. And a, a Duke team is going to be loaded. And then some teams that didn't even make it, like Florida State, that we know they are going to be good. And, you know – NC State and Clemson, those teams are going to be good teams. So we got to we gotta find a way to get more players involved. Armando Baycott,
0: certainly uh, he, he did well for his stock throughout the tournament. Mm-hmm. Is it no-brainer for him to be in the draft here, or you got a chance at him as a
3: senior? I, I, personally, I think he goes back. Because I don't know how, how his stock is. I don't know if he fits the modern-day NBA. Because he's the type of guy now you got to kind of throw it to him on the post and let him do, go to work um he's not a leaper or anything like that he's not a really a, a three-point shooter so I, I think he goes back and tries to finish the job if if we can get uh make a run but um you know i i definitely think he goes but now i think caleb love is probably i i, I don't have any personal info on that or those guys but i think he's out of there i mean it's just it just makes sense for him to go ahead and, and go ahead and leave
1: Talking about Armando Bacot, Brandon, I was amazed to see that he tied David Robinson's college record for double-doubles in a season. Uh, he passed Tim Duncan's record that with that game and tied David Robinson. I mean, what an unbelievable record he could chase if he comes back to get, I think the record's 31, if he could get a, a couple more games in somehow and have that double-double record in a season uh, would be incredible.
3: Yeah, he I mean he just throws his weights around weight around. Yeah. And just grab those boards and I mean he's getting five, six, eight offensive rebounds a game. And, you know, when he's active and he's motivated and he's doing what he needs to do, I mean he's just a load down there. Um now it'd be nice to have him back because you know, it'll be a different team next year, obviously. You know, we got the portal and we got new guys coming in. We got a couple um highly talented guys. So but to have him in the middle would be cool. And he can kind of cement his, his Carolina legacy, you know, by being that four-year guy and, and staying and trying to, trying to finish the job.
2: Brandon, uh, what is your theory for this? So we know the Big Ten has not won a title since Michigan State in 2000. Uh, SEC is vastly improved, but we, we saw what happened to them early in the tournament. ACC, Carolina makes the run, Duke to the Final Four, uh, but, but no title there for that conference. The Big 12, the past four NCAA tournaments, Kansas made it to the Final Four in 2018. Texas Tech was the runner-up in 2019. In 2020, we saw Baylor. This year, we see Kansas. Why is the best, the top of the top, coming out of the Big 12 right now?
3: I mean, I just think they're the best basketball conference right now. Um, you know, particularly with Texas Tech rising, and I know Chris Beard left and went to Texas. You know, he's going to make that program elevate also. They've recruited very well. And then Baylor doing what they're doing. I mean, those schools are doing great things. And then Kansas has been consistent, you know, consistently winning the Big 12 almost every single year. So the top of that conference has gotten better. It's kind of gotten like the ACC used to be um, as far as, like, you know, four or five teams at the top there are very well. So I think it's the Big 12 is probably the best conference. And then you're just looking at the SEC and the ACC. Um, Louisville, they'll be back. We're not, not really worried about them. They'll They'll get guys in there and be, you know, do a good job. But uh, the SEC has done a good job at hiring quality coaches, and those those teams that are in the middle of the pack are starting to get really, really good and make the NCAA tournament. Now, the Big Ten is fine. I just don't, I just never trust them in the tournament. They don't, they seem to beat up on each other and then they can't can't win big games.
2: I don't know if you heard the end of our last segment or not, but we were we're getting into NIL opportunities. What what would an NBA rookie make if you're not a lottery pick? If you're bottom first round, early second round? what would you be taking home uh, any given year and on average, I'm saying? And could you make more in name-image likeness to return to college basketball than you would in the NBA on a rookie deal on, on guaranteed that's, money?
3: I mean, that's actually a good question. Um, you can get pretty close. I mean, and those guys are making, you know, anywhere from a million, five to two and a half. So you can, you can get there, I think. Um, and then, you know, some of those guys wash out they don't get their options picked up so they'll do their two years and then you know they're kind of in limbo as far as their career so if you you know you kind of you go to wherever tennessee and you sign a a two-year deal worth you know 1.8 million you know whatever it is why not you know why not go to tennessee and maybe improve your stock instead of going to the nba and you know, maybe you can be a lottery pick instead of a, a late first rounder.
2: Yeah, and instead of development, you can also get paid to do it. Well, right? t- like, Tennessee
1: could probably put two million together for Kennedy Chandler to come back for one more year. For as an example, I mean that's that's doable for what they're trying to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of a guy like him, though, like you are gonna have to pay him a little bit more. I think <laughs> probably gonna have to pay him somewhere around five million to stay. But hey, that's a you know that's that's a crazy game to win. Now, like, hey, I know you are gonna be projected to go late lottery, you know, that those salaries are anywhere from three to, you know, five million. How about you stay here? We give you four and a half million for one more year.
2: I mean, I'm just thinking of guys like Josiah Jordan James, Drew Timmy, Scotty Pippen yep. Jr. I don't know where these guys actually slot, right? And if there's any question, you can declare and then come back or whatever and test the waters. But if there's any question, I'm going to, I mean, I, I hate to say this because it's college, but it's going on anyway. I'm going to take the business route. And see what's available for me in NIL whenever I return, if I return. And
1: those are second round at best
2: guys, probably mid to late second round picks, right? Yeah, at, at best they're they're yeah. they're considered late first. But again,
3: like yeah, exactly. So, you know, so if you can you can get the get the group together, get the get the guys together, and say, hey, you come back here one more year, we'll pay you double what you're probably going to make in your first or first and second year combined in the NBA. Why not? Yeah.
2: And I, I wonder if if other programs start the bidding war on some of these guys. Like, not, not just to return where you were, but to return and play somewhere else and actually go make a tournament run instead of... I'll just use Pippen as the example, and I think he's happy at Vanda if he stays. But, it, hey, you can go to a go to the Big 12 and play for one of those schools and go win a title while you get paid to do it. Well, I mean, I, it's very intriguing to me on how they'll treat this. And
1: there's great examples of this. Oscar Shibway at Kentucky, Walker Kessler from North Carolina to Auburn. I mean, what is Auburn season? Without Walker Kessler, they're certainly not a two seed in the NCAA tournament uh, without him. There's examples all over college basketball, Brandon, of guys who can double dip and go somewhere to another program and be a star for a year and help them be a solid tournament team.
3: Yeah, these are the – we're talking about this right now. These are these things that the NCAA never probably thought about what they even imagined happening. So you – you know, you go to one of these huge schools like North Carolina or you know Tennessee or Alabama that have a deep, deep alumni base. And when you send out an email, let's pull together 30 million dollars, we gotta get, we gotta keep these five guys on campus, or we gotta go get these five guys out the portal. You know, what can we do? You know, these guys wanna see these these programs win and they had a lot have a lot of influence over these programs also. So they'll do whatever it takes to to cut down a nets or to win a football championship. It's it's, it's, it'll be interesting to hear the stories we hear about the next five or six years.
2: Final thing for you, I give you a hundred dollars to make a bet at Fanduel on next year's national champion. Who would you place that money on? Kansas oh, is the man. favorite to repeat, but again, like, who knows what their oh, roster looks like? Happened. Yeah, it's. Would you put it on Duke?
3: Uh, not right now. Maybe in like <laughs> okay. three weeks. Okay.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wanted to see
2: if you would say it. So I, mean, I, mean, I, I probably would right now.
3: Man, it's it's gonna be hard I mean they have a they have a great, great team. They got a they got a good a, a great group of guys coming out. I am gonna go out the box. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Arkansas has a chance to, to win it all. They have How the second
2: that? best odds. Second best odds. They're actually tied with Duke behind Kansas. Uh, UCLA's yeah, up at there them too. Me. Yep.
3: Yeah, I hadn't even looked at them yet. Yeah. So UCLA, they got some guys that might jo- bolt on them though, so they might drop down a little bit also.
2: Just rapid fire for those listening that are interested. Uh, I took a screenshot of the odds last night. Kansas, Arkansas, Duke, Houston, UCLA are the top five, followed by Kentucky, North Carolina, and Baylor, uh, according to Vegas. It, it, and I, who knows what these rosters look like, but they're taking money. Yeah, they, they,
3: they, they're going to look crazy. So dude, what you do is you just pick the team you think is going to get the most transfers and, and ride with them. So, I mean, the safest team on that list is probably Duke. Because they, they, all those guys are coming in no matter what, and they're going to add to what they're going to get from the portal. Hey,
2: man, this has been a great conversation over the last couple of weeks with we you. We really uh, appreciate it. We'll probably hit you up again as well just for some casual talk on sports in general. So we appreciate the time, man. You're always great and generous with your time.
3: Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate you guys, man. Brandon, same right again.
2: there. Yeah, same to you.
0: Hey, I've got the NBA salary for comparison to NIL when we come back.
2: Let's do that. We'll hit the headlines as well. And then Eric Decker joins us in studio in 15 minutes on OutKick 360. Get
3: ready for the greatest roast of
2: all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets
0: his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night
2: where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
1: Welcome back. Outkick 360 live from the 6th and Peabody Studios downtown Nashville with Old Smoky Moonshine Yeehaw Beer. So news is now official. I just asked Brandon Wright, Paul, about Kennedy Chandler. And uh, on NBA Today on ESPN, he officially announces he is headed to the NBA draft. Doesn't look like he left any room to come back to Tennessee. No surprise there. He will be signing with an agent. Uh, He will be back. But, Paul, you've got some info on... NIL versus rookie deals in the NBA. Yeah,
0: well, so let's just look at potentially the 30th pick, the last pick of the NBA draft. This, these are last year's numbers. That, that slotted number, the rookie scale, would be $1.66 million. You could get 80% of that or 120% of that. There's some negotiating room there. Then it goes to $1.7 second year, 1-8, third year. But what you want is to get to the fourth year as fast as you can, where it's 3-3, and then the fifth year where it's 4-9. So you certainly could match that in NIL the first year, but what the guy wants to do is get in the league. You want to start your clock. Yeah, start your clock. So you've got to convince the guy, we can give you what you're going to get plus season you enough that you'll go in and you'll get the 120 instead of the eighty and you can ultimately make make Well, and I,
1: I still think that, you know, Kennedy Chandler, are a good example, he's going to get drafted in the first round. Yeah, and so he's not going to be third. You're not if, going to lure that guy back to school if they're they're firm and I'm going to get drafted in the first round. And the, if guys, he's, the guys you get back are the ones that are second-round picks or maybe undrafted or late second round. You can give them a million dollars to come back and play a college season and get as opposed to an NBA first. season, and then a year later, can you improve your stock to where you're more solidified as a late first-round pick or second-round pick because you're not guaranteed to make a roster. You, know, you may be playing G League if you're a second-round pick.
0: Right, and you NBA. were saying Kennedy Chandler maybe is 20th. Well, he's then at 2.2, 2.2, 2.3, 2. 2.4, 3.7, and then 5.4. That, that's a different scale that maybe is harder to, to match on NIL, and he's, he's, and he's pretty confident he's going to be a good NBA player, right?
2: Reed, I'd like to do this on the fly. Can we hit the big headline with Tiger uh, with the first cut? Uh, in just a moment, and I'll set it up. I'll, I'll say this: we, normally we do 360 headlines to begin the the hours. Charles Haley, Pro Football Hall of Famer, is going to join us right out of the gate in hour number two here on site. Uh, the headline of the day, sports wise, aside from Kansas winning the national title, is is Tiger Woods today had a media availability at Augusta National and was asked if he's playing.
3: Like I am going to play, as of right now. Um, I'm going
2: to play nine more holes tomorrow. My recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the, the the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes, because we played the par 3 course. Charlie couldn't help himself. Um, so, was able to play uh, 27 holes that day, um, oh, and yeah. at home testing it, but it's the recovery. You know, how, how am I going to get all the swelling out and recover for the next day. And uh, my team has been fantastic and
0: worked very hard. Um, so got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game
2: time. He's paired with Louis Oosthuizen, uh for the first round on Thursday and listening to him talk, if there was any physical sign that he wanted to take a step back and make sure he's ready for Thursday, there's no sign of it there if he's planning on playing nine holes tomorrow. And Tiger Woods says he's a go at Augusta National for the Masters. 25 years this week ago, he won his first Masters title. Charles Haley next.